Genre. Hello and welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, uh, the daily podcast where we review the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one exasperated minute at a time. I'm Nick Menes in the news. Uh, I'm Scott Corelli and joining us once again, A.G. Adasso, welcome back. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. And today we are going all the way back to minute number seven, which begins with uh, Doc rambling and ends with uh marty um rambling. Being... <laughs> yeah marty rambling yeah very good yeah <laughs> true uh they're yeah, back so so doc has a theory about uh how he lost his memory yes um which is inter- the electrical charge plus the time displacement field equals a condition of momentary amnesia and he assumes. He get- he, well, I mean, what, what's hilarious to me is that he also assumes that seeing Marty there is a is a vision. He's. Yeah, I mean, it's a he, vision. He, he sort of reminds me of your textbook of highly creative medieval visionary hermit. You know, he's got his scientists as saints lined up, and he's you know spending all this time dictating and recording. I don't know. It's delightful. Yeah. Well, what I mean, going back to what you said yesterday about. Uh, about Doc's optimism. I like that he says that the electrical charge and the time displacement field have led to a condition of momentary amnesia. As momentary. in, it'll come back. It'll definitely come back. I'll remember how I got here. No problem. No, I will. This too will be. So too this will pass. Yeah. Oh, I love that. He, he um, can see the good, the good in any situation. I think literally any situation. Yeah. He also sees the absolute worst sometimes, too. True. Sure. As he's we'll see of, in a second. He's a man of extremes. <laughs> yeah, he is a man of extremes. That is absolutely true. I just, I love rambling Doc because he does that thing where he, he sort of like nibbles on his fingers Mm-hmm. As he's like trying to figure out, work his way through this problem, and he's just his his movements are very like an actor giving a monologue on a stage movements. Um, it's it, it's very it's very stage monologuey uh, mm-hmm. kind of movements. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. like Marty is just groggily like walking up to him in the background. <laughs> <laughs> And and I just really love the, the like the the dramatic lighting on Doc in this close up as as Marty's just like wiping the sand out of his eyes like yeah. coming coming over to talk to him <laughs> and even when he says he says Doc he's still mumbling to himself as he's turning to respond to whoever just said his <laughs> name mm-hmm. and it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's just that absent-mindedness <laughs> of Doc. I just love it so much. And just and Marty's Marty just is so casual. Like he doesn't. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't register what Doc's doing. It's like oh, he's doing something. Well, it's well, par for the course. Right. He's used to it. This is yeah. just normal. This is normal <laughs> Doc stuff. Um, and, then, and then 
Um, that little snort too that Doc gives. Yeah, like the weird little yeah, <laughs> little snort snarl thing that he does. It makes you wonder how long it took Marty in his capacity as as Doc's assistant and friend to get to the point where he just puts puts it on the back burner and says, "Right, I've I've just gotta do what I've gotta do here and let him get this out of his system." Hmm. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. And so then uh, when he turns and freaks out, he he slips on the hoverboard, which was really well, you know, set up mm-hmm. with him kicking it out from under Marty. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he slips on the hoverboard and lands on the piano on a minor key, which is my favorite part of the scene. It's amazing. Yeah. And then it keeps it. it, it he keeps hitting it as they <laughs> talk. Yeah, it's just continuing I mean, the minor it's, key. It's it's, cla- it's classical horror movie suspense ramp up soundtrack. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just really, it's just really per. It's it's kind of the best possible way to start this movie, I think, because it's like you know, because we we talked about this a little bit last week, but for you know viewers back in 1990, it it had been six months. Mm-hmm. Since they had seen these characters, and it's just kind of like a great return to their old rhythm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's great, yeah. They're well, both in top form in this in this in this minute. And it also grounds 1955 as kind of that that central nexus point that runs through all all three of the films. Oh yeah, yeah. in a way. Yeah, it's a place of comfort, I guess. Like you know. 1955 doc is kind of like the doc that we've spent the most time with weirdly yeah. in the, you know what i mean in the trilogy um or at least in the first movie yeah it's also uh, this scene reminds me of sort of a uh, I, like I, I don't know if it's if it's it it feels like a companion piece of sorts to the 1.21 gigawatt scene from the first film Yes, where, where oh, right. Doc screams one point twenty one gigawatts and runs and runs away. More than half a gigawatt. Yeah, um, it, it feels like a companion piece to that scene because Doc is equally sort of like overreacting to what's happening mm-hmm. uh, in a way that Marty is just very baffled by. Yeah, he's like, "What? We <laughs> we, we did this already." Yeah, yeah. Well, why, and- why aren't you understanding this? As it as this as this minute continues into um, to Doc slamming the bathroom door in Marty's face, it's also a companion piece to Marty first showing up on his doorstep in the first movie and getting oh yeah the door slammed in his face. And it's um you know it's it's a nice contrast uh, of Doc's emotional register because the first time around he's scoffing and laughing in Marty's face and being really really sarcastic, and this time he's basically throwing a tantrum. The the illogic of the situation pitches him into a temper tantrum. Right. Yeah, like he, he just becomes like a little kid. Yeah, he literally spins out. Like he just mm-hmm. he just he just does a little spin and then closes the door behind him in just an absolute freak out. <laughs> uh, it's 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 spectacular. But there's something else too that I really like about that because in the first film, Marty is outside the house and Doc won't let him in the well in the garage. Mm-hmm. And won't let him in the garage, won't let him inside. And that here, 
Marty is inside, but he won't let him in the bathroom. And I feel like there's there's a almost like a metaphor for their relationship in a way where, you know, he doesn't even know this kid in the first one. And then he lets him in, but he still can't go into the bathroom where he had his accident. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then now we're going to get, you know, he they're going to be, you know, best of friends now because mm-hmm. Doc is going to read the letter and find out about this future relationship that he has with this kid. Mm. Yeah, I missed him. <laughs> yeah. I also like the contrast, you know, the first time around Marty, when he's trying to convince Doc that he's come from 1985, he's really uh, desperate and, and really is trying to say anything, anything that will get Doc to let him into the garage. This time around, you can see Marty, rather than that kind of despairing panic, he's just getting more and more tired. Like, really, do I have to keep doing this? Oh my gosh. So rather than his hysteria rising, you just kind of feel, you know, his energy gets lower and lower and lower. I can't believe, you know, until he hits 1885 and the door opens. Right. Well, and and what I really, what I really like about what's happening here, because I mean, this is doing two things, right? So this is, Mm -hmm. this is metatextually what this bit is doing. This is sort of like a studio mandated note where they're like, okay, this is part two of a two part movie. We need you to repeat what happened in the first one in case no one saw it. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening here is Marty is reiterating what happened in back to the future part two. So that if anyone saw the first movie and not the second one and are there for the third one, they won't feel lost. Right. But what's great about it is that they found a way to do it that is totally natural within the film. I mean, it's it's repetitive exposition if you're watching both of these movies. But from the perspective of Doc from 1955, he doesn't know this information. And so mm-hmm. it's all new information for him. So Marty has every reason to reiterate this information. And, and so it works. It's really clean. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's all I have for this. I mean, I just I love Doc in this this uh, this this scene is so good for Doc. Like it's just it's Doc at his best. Yeah, kind of his most. I mean, he he's usually over the top and effusive and gets excited very easily. But this is like drama queen Doc. I mean, this is the one moment in the entirety of the trilogy that I, I really see just this kind of he's being. He's being ridiculous in a way that we don't really get to see from him again. And it's, it's a rare pleasure for that fact. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I really love this minute. So uh, uh, Doc is uh, Doc is a thing of beauty. It's, I just, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It almost, it's, it's almost reassuring in a way. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, so this is still going to be in this in this movie, like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> this part of the, why we love the first one, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I also, I do. I mean, going back to like earlier in the minute, I do like Doc trying to come up with an explanation on the fly as to why he would mm-hmm. have momentary amnesia, even though the the explanation doesn't really make any sense. Like an electric charge mixed with a time displacement field. I don't know why those things are going to affect his memory, but I like that he's willing to make the assumption that it probably had something to do with that. Mm -hmm. 
I guess presumably because we didn't understand a whole lot about the human brain in 1955. Yeah. So. I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Like Kinsey. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we were still uh, electrocuting. Uh, shock therapy. A, like yep. asylum inmates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shock treatment and stuff, right? Wow, that was still like a like a, a regular thing. Yeah, American Horror Story Asylum took place in the 50s, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. So it's my favorite season. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, I think that about wraps us up. You guys have anything else? Nope. That was everything. All right. Well, it was a good Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, we will be back tomorrow with minute eight. Bye. Bye. Bye.